podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we will be taking a break from our usual format of discussing Beef Watch newsletter articles. Today's Beef Watch podcast is a producer's perspective and I have the privilege of being joined by Clay Kachera, who's a rancher from the Sand Hills of Nebraska near Rose. Thanks for joining me today, Clay. Good morning. Clay, the focus of our discussion this morning is going to be on how you utilize baleage as part of your operation there. But before we dive into that, show us a little more about yourself and the history of the operation. We live on a our family ranch, the uh, ranch here with my my family, wife, and my three kids, and uh, we're a cow calf yearling operation. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it. So, Clay, the last several years you've been moving towards putting up some baleage instead of harvesting some hay as part of your forage harvest scenario there. Share with us a little more about the decision you made to move to that and how that's worked out for you. Well, we've mainly we've wrapped alfalfa for the most part. Um, we haven't wrapped much prairie hay or any other crops. A little bit more last year. We did some oats and we did some... Uh, sorghum sedan but mostly it's been alfalfa and uh, kind of looking at it for a way to get get a crop off of the field in a less than ideal hand conditions that was how it kind of that that was the first thoughts you know or that's what made it maybe an attractive idea so your baleage option right now is individual bales wrapped is that correct uh we use a tube wrapper and so they're in a long tube they're not individually wrapped, so it's just long, long rows of bales. So, share with us a little about the process you go through and how it differs from putting up hay, and and what are the advantages and disadvantages you've seen? The, the wrappers, we just set it sets on the edge of the field, and we haul the hay to it and uh, set it up on the deck of the wrapper, and it just kind of walks along and and wraps. We use an an Anderson wrapper. That's I know there's other brands out there. That's the only one I have any experience with, but it seems to work pretty well. Mostly hauling hay to the wrapper is the is a limiting factor. You can you can't really set hay up on there fast enough to. Uh, I mean, you're not really waiting on the wrapper too much, so it's it's a fairly quick process. It's been about five years we've been doing it, and I think the best part about it on the alfalfa is being able to get get the crop off of the field in a timely fashion. You know, you're, you're talking about a three to four day window versus a, you know, six to eight day window, depending on, depending on the weather, I guess. But uh, I would say maybe the biggest, one of the biggest drawbacks uh, that I've seen about it lately is we have a little trouble with mice and, I don't know, varmints in general get into the wrapped rows of hay and uh, putting holes in it and let, letting air in. That's the biggest challenge, I think, I guess, with it. We don't have that much. There's a little bit of spoilage, but we don't have any waste still, even at that. It's a uh, cattle are pretty crazy over, over the over wrapped hay. So it's not, it's not like a, it's kind of hard to quantify the loss that way. You know, I'm sure there's, there's probably got to be some, some nutritional loss, but it's not, uh, we don't lose any product, you know. We don't waste any product at all. So you go ahead and swath the crop, and then what's the moisture at which you're baling it? It's been pretty hard to find an exact, accurate moisture tester, high moisture. I've had it tried a different, a couple of different ones, and uh, we've experimented with the different moistures, and we've wrapped hay down into the 30s 
uh, as low as in the 30s on up to, you know, 55 to 60% moisture. On the alfalfa hay, we've let it set for as much as two days uh, and then went and wrapped it. Usually the next day after you cut it, it, it works the best on the alfalfa hay. I like the hay to be in the 40s, you know. It seems like that's what handles the best. And it does ensile good and, and properly. Moving a little less moisture around. It seems like the wetter the hay is, though, the more consistent the product is. So, you know, from 40 to 40 to 55% is usually kind of the best. And uh, we put a bunch of sorghum in the last year. And uh, that hay, was, we did put in from 30 to you know, 45. And, and that it was also a good product. So it seemed like it worked okay. The sorghum is a really good feed in, in the bags, and that stuff's kind of tough to get put up anyway. A lot of times, September, late August, mid-September, on, you know, when you're putting that crop up, and uh, it, it worked well. Clay, as you look at the cost of putting it in the bag versus net wrapping and setting it at the field edge, how do those two compare? What do you feel like your cost is per ton to put it in the tube line? Well, I think we're I think we're around it's close to ten dollars a ton is where we're at. Plastic, you know, is is a is a large cost uh, or a large portion of it. But when you when you get all to that point, I think the plastic is is the cheap part. You know, I think industry standard something like six wraps or seven wraps. Maybe uh, we usually put more like eight on or or better because you go to all that work and you get right to that point. You know, a couple more wraps of plastics. For a little better protection is certainly, uh, I think it's money well spent. The bales are still net wrapped. I'm going to kick them out because we've got to haul them still over to the to the wrapper. So you got to haul the hay off the edge of the field anyway, right? So it does take one a little more labor. you got to have another person to tend to the wrapper. And um, yeah, it's uh, my wife typically, she, she tends the wrapper. She's good at it. She does a good job. When you think about maybe the waste you had before, obviously you're using net wrap bales before any less waste you feel like this way from a storage loss. Yeah, I think there's got to be some, I I've noticed our dry hay more waste with dry hay in the last couple of years. We're in this super wet cycle here and we, I haven't really noticed it much in the past, but I'm starting to notice we've sure had more substantial loss from hay carried over or just even during the year with all this moisture, it's been, but I don't know. Uh, hopefully this isn't the norm. Hopefully this is the exception. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where we're headed with this weather. It's been pretty crazy here. So. But yeah, the, the waste has got to be less. It, it just has to be. How do you handle that hay when it comes out of the wrap? And how do you deliver it to the cattle? How is that different from the way you feed a traditional dry hay? Right. We, uh, the alfalfa hay, we, we unroll most all of it. You can put it through bale processors. There's, I know, I know some people do. We don't have a great big horsepower tractor uh, running our uh, processor, so we unroll most of our alfalfa, which we use as a protein supplement. So, so we're not feeding huge amounts of it of the of the wrapped alfalfa. Now, the the sorghum and the oats and that we, we, that hay seemed to run through the processor better. I think the bales are a little less dense. Alfalfa seems to, you know, bale up much more, make more dense bales, you know, than other crops. And uh, our pers- our processor didn't seem to like that too much. But uh, but the sorghums and the oats, we'd run a lot of that through the processor this last year, and it worked really well. You mentioned you feel like you have a little less waste when you feed the 
the wrapped product? Is that just because the product's so palatable, there's less weathering that cattle seem to consume all you deliver? Or what's the difference there, you think? I guess I could really see it in, in the amount of snow and rain that we've had in this area since last fall. You could see these dry bales just soaking up moisture like a sponge, you know. And uh, especially with the snowdrifts packed in around hay this last winter and this spring, I mean, we sure lost the bottom, that clump of hay on the on the dry bales. Boy, it it went up into the bales much deeper than I'd ever seen it. And I, and I said it's maybe unprecedented kind of kind of weather that we've been having. But it's uh, I'd heard stories about people using these wrappers to store dry hay, and I think they use a different kind of a plastic, perhaps. But I've heard of guys doing that, like down in Missouri and places like that. It, it, where it rains a lot. I know people are actually storing dry hay, just uh, trying to minimize waste. How do those ensile bales feed when it's really cold outside? Do you have problems there, or is that really not an issue? Uh, it's not too bad. It depends. If you have a bale that is has some spoilage, a little bit of spoilage from a hole, uh, from the bottom, say, um, or anywhere, but most of our holes are from the bottom. They come from mice and stuff that chew into them. Uh, it just kind of varies. Some of those bales are that spot goes up into the bale a ways. Others, it's not. It's it doesn't even make of a difference. But those bales tend to freeze more when it gets real cold. They, they're a little mushy uh, in that area where that hole was. And um, I don't know. In the extreme cold, it is kind of hard to sometimes get the net off. The net will kind of freeze. But if the bales haven't, you know, if we haven't let air get to them, it's not. It's really not too bad at all. It's pretty manageable. But I don't know. This last February it was so cold for I don't know how many days it was uh, in the teens to below zero. It must have been. There were at least three week period there. It was pretty miserable, and uh, nobody around here really wanted to feed any wet hay, honestly, because <laughs> we had a little issues then. But uh, pretty extreme conditions. You mentioned earlier just the reduction in time and harvesting alfalfa maybe looking at a four-day window versus a six to eight-day window has that improved production from your alfalfa in any way by being able to get the water back to it or uh, can you give a comparison there yeah absolutely well here's the thing i'm relatively new at growing alfalfa too i kind of we started wrapping hay and growing alfalfa all at the same time just from watching uh you know people grow alfalfa in the past i just uh tough sometimes to get it put up and off the field and you know i don't have anything to compare it to because i, I like i said i did the, i started growing alfalfa and wrapping hay at the same time so i'm relatively new to both so it's uh we're learning uh learning as we go here so i think it's huge to be able to get that that crop off the field and and get the water back on or the alfalfa it's all even it stays even and there's no you know, if hay sits there for 10 days or so, why, why there's there's some issues with, with uh, under the windrow, you know, with that alfalfa. And you just don't see that this way. So, And in the last, this past season, uh, we, we did put up a more dry hay than than we have in the past, but because the, the weather conditions were correct, you know, it wasn't, we just didn't have a, we just didn't have as many issues with weather. So we were able to put some dry hay up too. And we like that too, if you can do it, you know, so. I think if you can if you can put the hay up dry uh, in a timely fashion, I don't I don't know that uh, it would pay to 
to wrap the hay, you know, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just depends on the weather, you know? So, so really you're kind of using the weather as a trigger to decide whether to wrap or not, or how do you, how do you evaluate well, that? I have as, as, as the more we've done, I, we've, we've tested hay, uh, dry hay and wet hay, same cuttings. And we, we've actually got similar results, uh, uh with the, we we put up similar product both ways, same cutting. So, so you know it can be done. It can put it up conventionally and you know dry and, and still have a great product. So, so if you can do that, I think that's more cost effective. You know, as long as Mother Nature doesn't get in your way. So I don't know the the tough crops like the sorghums. Those are tough to dry. That takes two weeks regardless. I mean I don't know. Well, you've got to have awfully good weather if you're. If you've got three, four ton of crop that you cut down and you expect to get it dry, well, that's going to take some pretty serious time. So those kinds of crops, uh, I, I think there's a lot of merit in wrapping the bales because they're so hard to get dry in the first place, even with good weather. So we're going to wrap up a corn crop, uh, uh, some forage corn this fall here. So uh, it's going to be kind of a new venture. So we had some issues with some winter kill in our alfalfa, so we had to... Uh, we had to uh, put something else in there this last year, so uh, we've tried this corn, and I think it's all going to have to go in this bag. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Well, for folks who are thinking about trying this or considering it, what are some things you would encourage them to think through and evaluate as they consider moving towards the possibility of using this? Well, I don't really know as far as cost of equipment. I mean, that's sure one thing. We've been wrapping at least a thousand bales a year, probably here since we've since we have started doing it. I think if you're doing a few bales, maybe you're going to do a few hundred bales, or a couple hundred or something a year. Why, you know, I'd certainly look into renting a machine, and they're they're around for to rent, and um, that's a good way to learn about the process too. Is uh, having somebody else come to run the wrapper and tend it, and that's how we learned. Actually, I had a guy come and. Uh, we, we released a wrapper from him and he came and ran it. And that's kind of how we got our feet wet in the whole thing. There's a lot of ways to, to skin a cat, it seems like. And uh, that's one of the main things I've learned about it is it, there's not ever one, nothing's ever the same, it seems like. Though. You know, everything's affected by the weather. Um, and uh, learn something new every time we, we put hay in the bag. So, Well, I appreciate your time today, Clay. Thanks for joining me. Ah, you betcha. So for more information on the article that we discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you'll be able to find more information on this topic.